Hey everyone, Dave and Jeff. Our first podcast sounds weird, doesn't it? Yeah, you're overmodulated. God dang it! Well, adjust your level. Son of a bitch! Hold God on, is that it. better or worse? Uh, worse. What the fuck? What are you doing? I'm blaming Sean Walchef. Yeah, he's Sean yeah. Walchef was in here yesterday, and some of the things were pushed around. Is that a little better? Yeah, but my headphone levels off. All off. Hold on. God dang it! All right. God. We don't edit, so is that better for you? Yeah, there we go. Okay. There you go. First show of 2020. Now, that sounds bad. Yeah, God. you're way too loud. You just fucking told me to turn it up. Make up your goddamn mind. God. All right, that should there be There you good. go. Okay, January 1st, 2020. How are you? I got a funny story. Yeah, Because you and ahead. I were talking about uh, Gimme Shelter. Yeah. And I was chatting with our friend Aaron Creasy, who was Dan Henderson's manager. And we were talking about the state of MMA and just kind of flashing back. And November of 2011, Dan fought Shogun Hua in what is considered one of the top, I don't know, five or three UFC fights of all time. Fight took place on a Saturday night. And on the Friday before, there was major drama between the Clinch Gear slash Dan Henderson team and Dana White and the UFC. Yeah. And the drama was about the walk-in music. Dan's got a Bobby a buddy whose name is, I think it's Bobby Pinson. Okay. Really great guy. And Bobby was in town from San Jose, or in San Jose from Nashville. And he had written a song for Dan. Yeah. called Written it and performed it. And the song was called Hendo. And Dan, who's incredibly loyal to his friends, said to Dana White, I want to play this song coming out. This is going to be my walkout song. And Dana White's like, no, we're not doing that. Pick a different song. And so this had gone on for a couple of days. And we get to Friday and neither side is budging. And Dan wants to play. His intro song, like ours is Gimme Shelter. Yeah. He wants to play Hindo. His friend Bobby wrote it, and he's there in Nashville, and Dan wants to play it. And I am in Aaron's suite at the Fairmont Hotel in San Jose, and he goes, uh, I go, what's going on? He goes, dude, nobody's budging on this walkout song. <laughs> And he goes, look at this text I got from Dana White. And the text said, hey, Dan, play that song while you're fucking your girlfriend. We're not playing that shit tomorrow night. (laughs) And I died laughing. Aaron died laughing. And eventually Dan died laughing. And that was it. But the song that he ended up playing. Yeah is an unbelievable song that Bobby co-wrote with Toby Keith called uh, uh, Born in America. Okay. You know, my old man, that old man. And dude, 17,000 in the HP Pavilion, and this song comes on. Yeah. And Aaron and I were laughing the other day. Place went crazy. Uh, Shogun was from Brazil. Dan's from the U.S., yep. Shogun and his team were incredibly cool, but it was a very pro-U.S. crowd. And Aaron and I were laughing the other night. If we played the other song, the crowd is just like, uh, whatever. Yeah, you're right. 
but it's a very popular Toby Keith song yeah. about being made in America. And I think that's the name of it, Made in America. And it was great. And we we're just laughing. I'm like, fuck it, Dan. But Dana White, who's so goddamn funny. Hey, Dan, take this song. Do your old lady to it. <laughs> We're not playing. And, but it just tells you Dana White was involved in every aspect of the UFC. Yeah. Down to the walkout music. And that's who he was. And it was so goddamn funny. Do you have a lot of interaction at, at all? Or do you have any interaction at all directly with Dana White? Uh, yeah, one time. One time he had been on our show. Um, there was a John Jones fight. Yeah. John was fighting at the sports arena at the start of his career. And Dana came out and was at um, Dave and Buster's in Mission Valley. I mean, this is crazy. But he flew into town and was hanging out, meeting fans and giving away tickets. And it was before I knew Dan. Yeah. But I hadn't gone to work for him. And but he had been on 1360 with yeah. us and he was great. And I went down there. He was unbelievable, man. He was unbelievable how cool he was. You know, he was he, just great. He is. And he's a, I mean, obviously, he's a great businessman. Did man. we have him on? We've I had thought, him, we've had him on. I just okay. don't know if you when 1090? you were when you were. I think we've had him on a couple times. I thought yeah. we had him at 1090. I thought we had him at 1360. Again, yeah. you were. You were ahead of it before you even started working for them as far as telling me who was going to be big, and you uh, walked me through a lot of these. The Conor McGregor story at the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, that, that, one's, that one's crazy. That that whole day was nuts where you got sick at, at the Super Bowl, and we missed Conor McGregor, and you told me for a few days, this is the guy that's coming on. That's he's our gonna guy. Be the yeah, star. He's, he's the our, next he's, guy. He's the next guy, and not only did he nail it, but I remember you were out, Nick, um, Judd, Judd filled in, and Nick Foles sat down with me, and yeah. – we all knew Nick was about to leave the Eagles the first time. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, don't ask me on there, but, but I'm out of a job in Philadelphia. I'm, I'm really, you know, I'm paraphrasing. I'm heartbroken by it. Yeah. Please don't ask me about it. And um, I was like, wow, you know, this guy meant something to him. There's attachment to the city. He ends up going to the Rams and the Chiefs and he stunk, goes back to Philadelphia, wins a Super Bowl. But he was a guy that, you know, obviously had connections to the state of Arizona. His family is very wealthy. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like he needed the money. He just loved playing football for the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, and so many things went through. Anyway, what I wanted to get back to was guys who are as good as um, Dana is the guy is such a perfectionist. As you said, he's yeah. right down right. to the music. There's no details right. that he doesn't he pay attention right. to. Like Dan would tell you today, Aaron would tell you, I would tell you watching yes. it. Dana was 100% right. He nailed it. He, he was, it was a good yeah. move for, for that night for his career. Now, here's the one yeah. crazy thing. Sorry, Dave. If you see that fight when they replay it, yeah. you don't hear that song. For whatever reason, the clearance isn't there. I have the DVD from that fight night. They replay it all the time, or they used to on Fox Sports, and they, you never hear the Toby Keith song. They have just really? like some generic instrumental, and I was talking to our buddy Aaron. He and I were in uh, the arena that night. I go, yeah, but it was crazy. Like if you, if you see that fight, if it's ever replayed, it's like this very bland instrumental, and you just hear the crowd going crazy. You're like, it's like elevator music, <laughs> but... Uh, it was a Toby Keith song yeah. that everybody was reacting to that Bobby had co-written. Yeah. So he was incredibly excited. So yeah, everybody won at the end. So how, like here's uh, most people's work days, eight hours a day, you uh -huh. know, how many days, uh, how many hours a day do you think Dana works? Uh, every day. 
Uh, yeah, really, I mean, I mean, how, how many hours is he putting into this? You're talking at least twelve plus, right? Yeah, he's one of these guys. Be. There's so he's many things he has to do. Matchmaking and and marketing. Yeah. And look, when they sold that company for four billion, he made a ton of money. Um, but I don't. I I feel like that sport has kind of leveled off. There was a Fedor fight the other night against Rampage Jackson that was more sad than exciting. And I can't even tell you when the next UFC card is. Wow. I really don't know. Um, they oversaturated they the market, in my opinion. And it just has lost that must-see feeling to it. Um, a really good buddy of mine who covers it said, oh, I think moving forward we'll catch that same excitement. No, I don't think so. I think, I think the excitement that Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz and a bunch of those guys brought to that sport um, when Brock Lesnar and, and Dan and yeah. and so many others, Ronda Rousey, Connor, when he was going up, I, I just think that initial magic may not come back, but um, but that's no reflection on Dana. Dana grinds every day. He's and he's he's so goddamn media friendly. Yeah, like there's but this is the crazy thing. So they, I think it was an Ultimate Fighter. Ultimate Fighter, this is the way I understand the story. Um, remember the Ultimate Fighter really did so much for the benefit of the UFC. Uh, and it was on Spike TV. The way I understand it was a reporter who I know and a good dude wrote a story and pretty much gave spoilers away. Oh, wow. And that guy did not mention on social media the other day he could not get a credential, even though he worked for ESPN and a bunch of different outlets for one event in the last 10 years. Wow. You own the company, yeah. and he's like, hey, fuck you. You ruined our night. Yep. Uh, you're out. <laughs> but Dana used to do these media scrums, and he's gotten away from it. He would do his post-fight press conference, and then he would sit down, and it was crazy. He'd always have, like, one of the big one liter or liter and a half of, like, smart water. And he had some powder that he had dropped in there because it was, like, red. Okay. It looked like he... he and he would sit there and talk to the media about anything going on. And they'd say, hey, you know, what's what's going on with uh, Sean Walchiff? Well, it's goddamn bullshit. <laughs> you know, we offer this guy the fucking opportunity... And he fucking doesn't do shit. Like, we love the guy, but fuck. I'm not going to fucking hold your hand. I mean, it was these media scrums, and they'd go for like 65, 70 minutes, and they were unbelievable. That's awesome. And nothing was off the table. And then at some point, he just said, well, people get their feelings hurt when I do these, so I should stop doing them. And it sucks because they were really great. You know, one thing I'll I'll say about him that that I like is and we fall in this a lot of times we see from sports fans. There's you're when you're a fan of a team, the team can never do anything wrong. Even yeah. though you know if another team did it, you would go that's that's the wrong move. I love that even though it's a huge business for Dana. He's associated with it by name more than anyone I can think oh, of. Yeah. Yet when guys fuck up, he goes after his own guys. Like mm -hmm. when, when Connor fucked up big time, right. he was the first and the loudest voice going, this is unacceptable behavior. Yeah. John Jones. Yes. John Jones. Um, it's, it's tough, man. Yeah. It's tough. I because, give him credit. Yeah, because he also has, with a lot of those dudes, a personal relationship with them. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, anyways, I just. 
I got one more question for you. It's yeah. not really a fighting question, but it's a personality question because yeah. we always talk about your reality is is basically you know your your sense of reality is basically what everyone presents around you and what mm-hmm. you allow to happen. And so when people fuck up and we say, you know, what the hell is he, he doing? Don't you understand yeah. that's not acceptable behavior? When people tell you there's no messing up and they'll keep saying yes, 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 they tell you what you want to hear all the time. You you get confused, maybe your judgment's uh, impaired. When you worked for Dan and you mm-hmm. talked about the music deal, was Dan a guy you could say no to? Oh, yeah. Good. Yeah, he was great. He, yeah. he treated me great. and um, But he, he would listen to what you had to say. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Cool. Like we... We, I mean, there's still videos on YouTube. Yeah. He was really cool, man. That I, it, it was just, I was thinking about Aaron. We were on Center Street. Our office was on Center Street, La Mesa. And it was, you and I had just kind of finished talking about Imus and Free FM and the whole deal. But I'm over on Center Street by where um, our old Clinch Gear offices were because I have a storage unit over there. And that's the job of any that I missed the most because it was so fun. It was such a great group of people. And Dave, I just, I can't, for that fight that we mentioned against Shogun Hua, there were so many different things that had happened leading into that. It was Dan's, the way I remember it, I think that was Dan's first fight back under the UFC banner. I had created a radio show with Stephen Quadros called Clinch Gear Radio. And a couple of days before that, well, a couple of months before that, we had negotiated a deal with Sirius XM and Armed Forces Radio. Yeah. And it was really exciting for me to be able to do that. And then Aaron said, um, hey, I'm putting Sirius XM, I'm putting Clinch Gear Radio, and I'm putting AFN on the banner. And I go, God, that's great. And then Dan and Aaron told me like a week before the fight, I'm putting your logo on the back of Dan's trunks. And it's amazing to me that when this fight shows that that's, man, I I was, that I love Quadros. That show was 100% me. Yeah, I wrote it. I produced it. Quadros booked a guest. But I let it, I did everything every week. Like that is so much my heart and soul. And it went away for kind of weird reasons. But when that fight shows and there's my logo that Aaron and our graphics guys designed for me and I love yeah. it, it's it's always going to be there. It's always in for that fight. And the crazy thing about that sport, Dave, is I had gone up to Temecula at least once a week or twice a week from La Mesa to tape weekly countdown videos with Dan. Yeah. And we would, I mean, it was our normal routine. You would just hang out, bullshit, and do these things. And then all of a sudden you find yourself in the third row of this HP pavilion. Now what had happened earlier in that day was another guy that I was really close to that fought this past Friday night, a guy named Michael Chandler from Bellator. We had Aaron... Creasy said, we're going to sign Mike Chandler. I go, great. I don't know who he is. <laughs> Unbelievable scouting by Creasy. But Mike, earlier in that day, had fought a guy named Eddie Alvarez, which I would highly encourage anybody. Go find Michael Chandler, Eddie Alvarez, one. It is one of the most insane fights you'll ever see. 
And I'm sitting in basically an empty arena watching this on my whatever phones we had yeah. back, you know, right? The original yeah. iPhone, how small the screen was, losing my shit because the guy that meant a lot to our company is beating the shit, then getting the shit beat out of him. And we go, God damn. And Mike ends up winning. And literally an hour and a half later, we go through it again with Dan. And just when you're there and you've been inside that circle, and you've traveled together and you've had dinner together as a team the yeah. night before. This was always the cool thing in that time. There would be about 10 or 15 of us that would go on that trip. But there were about five of us that were really tight with Dan. But there would be a, a dinner after weigh-ins where about 20 of us would go for a nice steak dinner. The Dan would pick up the tab. And we'd have dinner and Dan would make his way around to each member of the table. Shake your hand, Dave. I'm really glad you're here, man. I thank you for what you mean to this team. It's important that you're here. Our team's better with you here. The funny shit about that one that I remember in San Jose is we had these jackets that we got. And they were like, uh, not spandex, like Lycra. Okay. You know, Lycra, you know, kind of that light kind of material they were like a navy blue base but the the chest part of it was white okay and it had a zip kind of like a, a neck zip and a clinch gear logo and it's like 10 of dan's training partners and these guys are all jujitsu guys yeah. and mma guys Tarek safadine and all these dudes and i look at the table because we'd had a few drinks and i'm like you know what guys i'm gonna tell you something <laughs> We look like the world's toughest fucking swim team right here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, what the fuck we do? We look like a bunch of fucking swimmers. What yeah. are we doing? You ruined but everyone's it, jacket. It just broke the mood. Yeah. And then you go, man, and the next night, here he comes, and he's fucking fighting. It's crazy. That's cool. But um, you just you didn't get it with watching Trevor pitch or Tony hit or Philip yeah. Rivers or anything else. It's just that one-on-one -on -one combat is yeah. unlike anything. And so, but to go back, Dave, to, to answer your question, Dan was great. That's cool. Because Dan, Dan let me do what I wanted to do with it. And, yeah. and Aaron and Dan treated me great. And that's why I missed that job more than any. See, you see pro athletes mess up a lot. And you'll see guys who will make a mistake because people are afraid to tell them no. Yeah. And like you know, right now we're watching the, the Laker games on at the same time we're flipping back and forth this and the Sugar Bowl as we do the show. And college kids, you can tell them, hey, no, this is this isn't what's going to happen. There's a coach, there's an athletic yeah. director, someone's going to keep those guys in check. No one's telling LeBron James what to do. No, if LeBron James wants to do something. LeBron James is going to do it, and he's handled his career pretty well. But there are guys you see mess up, and you look at Antonio Brown. If he yeah. would have listened to people that maybe could have helped him out, it would have changed the rest of his career. Well, Dan lost. I I left um, in 2012. Aaron left Clinch Gear, and he and Dan went their separate ways. Not much longer than that, 2012. Yeah. And Aaron and Dan had a much deeper relationship than I had with Dan. But But a lot of the guys from our group were gone. Dan continued to fight, and Dan started getting knocked out. And I said on social media, is anybody going to tell him enough's enough, or are we just going to keep saying it's an early stoppage, champ? Keep going. And I I stand by everything I wrote. Yeah. Um, luckily, 
Dan came back. He had a couple of wins against Hector Lombard. He beat Michael Bisping again in their second fight. He yeah. got fucked on that decision. But Dan walked out with his head held high. He'll be a Hall of Famer. I'm, I I thought, shit, is he going to try to come back for any more fights? He didn't. He's got a beautiful wife. They've got a great family. And he's living a healthy, good life good. up in Temecula. And I couldn't be more thrilled for him because, good. yeah, he's somebody. But I was just afraid he was going to get hurt. Yes. But to answer your question, Dave, that ended about six relationships with people because they got their feelings hurt. Then I'm saying he doesn't need to be doing this. And it's not about legacy. He's yeah. going to get permanently hurt. But uh, to the best of my knowledge, following him on social media, traveling and laughing and with Toby Keith yeah. and a bunch of people that he knew. Um, and he's living a good life. And I'm, I'm really, really stoked for him. He's a great dude. Um, work, you, you mentioned, obviously, a lot of what you were doing in between radio jobs. Speaking of radio, one of our the place where you and I first started, 760 mm -hmm. KFMB. Huge changes. And it was weird to watch Channel 8 do a story and saying... Did they? Yeah, 760 KFMB and 100.7 are both gone. They, they've both been sold. It's upsetting to me a lot. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not going to lie. When you... Things change or shows go away. But when I got here as a kid in 81, KFMB was iconic. And Channel 8 was the station that was always on TV for me. Yeah. And because KFMB had Joe Bauer and Jeannie Cavett, who's actually from my hometown, they were Minnesota people. My mom kind of found KFMB, and then you realize Padre Baseball was there. Yeah. And it was Before on TV. Yeah. And then in high school, I got a job at a sporting goods store in Encinitas, and the owner had KFMB on all day. And so we were there. I was there every afternoon after uh, school. Yeah. And it was Mark Larson and Ted Leitner, Cliff Albert, Mr. News, Padre Baseball with, with Jerry and Dave Campbell, Bob Chandler and Ted. And then I was there on the weekend, and guys like Roy Robertson were on all the time. And But B100 was also incredibly iconic and it was the rich brothers with frank anthony gary kelly gary kelly who was the afternoon jock on b100 is the guy i found out that jack clark was coming to the padres from and so i was lucky i got picked up by ksdo but i didn't know anything about ksdo yeah. and but i love those guys we had a very small signal but we had insane talent with Roger and we got Limbaugh and a bunch of other incredibly talented people that worked there. And we had a book with that shitty little signal where we got a 10 share. And it didn't mean anything to me then because yeah. I was brand new, but nobody gets a 10 share. It's huge. Yeah, you don't. And so for KSTO to get it, it was a big deal. But through my friend, Nicole Pearson, um, who I had only worked with for a short period of time, and she and I hit it off immediately. She 100% strong-armed Dave Sniff into hiring me as a sports producer at KFMB. And while I loved working for Hedgecock, I I couldn't believe it. I yeah. was going to produce Padre pre- and post-game shows and sports talk with Chuck Fritch. Cliff Albert hired me. Chuck Fritch hired me. And now I'm walking these halls 
where everything's going on. And Dave, it meant so much to me to just be in that place. Bob Bollinger, who I emailed the other day, like my second day came up and was like, hey, Jeff, I'm Bob Bollinger. I'm the GM. If you need anything, I'm right here. We're thrilled to have you. And I wrote Bob and I go, look, man, with this sale, I'm thinking back and I just, I can't thank you enough for doing that. And so then to work with Mac and Joe, uh, who were kind of, you know, they were they were slowing down. Yes. But they were great. Fucking Stacy Taylor is goddamn the greatest, right? Ted, Hank, Kevin, Berger and Prescott came through there. Ian Rose. Ian Rose. Who hey. Bochy when he came in the studio. Where's Ian Rose? Right. One hey, of the median. Yeah. He fell. Um, and Jeff, then. Jeff used to always tell Ian. Ian, you're the man. You're a man too, fella. And you're a man too. (laughs) And and then for you and I to be on there, Dave, was huge. Was huge. Because. See, I had no idea what KFMB was. No, you you know what clicked in here. Yeah, and I didn't. I just didn't know. I mean, here's the funny thing is, I'll let you finish what you're saying. Yeah. This is when I realized we hit it big with KFMB. When. My mom ran into somebody in Nashville. Yeah. And she said, my son does radio in uh, San Diego. And the guy said, what station? And she said, KFMB. And he looked at her and he goes, how old is he? And right. she says, 27. Right. And he she he goes, that doesn't make any sense. Right. You, you don't get on a signature station at 27, have your own show. That yeah. is unheard of. That's like being on Camo X. Right. It's just, it's one of those those stations, a Hallmark station, and you say, Iconic. how does that happen? And he said, you don't understand. Does your son understand? And then when she called me and told me, I talked to you about it, and you said, dude, this is the shit. This oh, yeah. station is the shit. It, it was, and to be there, and when I got there in the 90s, man, it was great. But then we got to be friends with... Larry Himmel. Yeah. Mike Tuck. Fuck. John Kalia. Yep. Lauren Nancaro, who I, I talked to Steve Woods about because Steve married Lauren's daughter and Steve didn't have the chance to know Lauren. Lauren was old school cool, man. He was just fucking great. But then we had if, some... If, if Lauren was alive to meet Steve, do you think he would have been okay with Steve marrying he, his daughter? He don't, what do you mean no? Yeah, Lauren was great. I think he would have blocked it. <laughs> I know trouble when I see it, and that guy's <laughs> trouble. Trouble. Just take the guitar away from him. No, he would have loved him, and vice versa, and vice versa. But the other thing that was really great for us at 760 was what Tracy Johnson was building literally right across the hall with yeah, 100.7. When I got there, he had an all-female lineup, and it was Sean and Donna – and Kim Reed and Dominica and a couple others. <laughs> That's funny. And then he said, wait a minute, we got to kind of get this thing fixed. And Smiley went to the morning. Jagger and Christie came in. And then they fine-tuned it a little bit more and got Jeff and Jer with Laura and Tommy. Jagger and Christie. You're going to tell the Sims. story about building the brand new uh, studio for Smiley? Oh, fucking Smiley. <laughs> Who was a great dude. A great dude. But we had these old horseshit studios, and they fixed ours first on the AM, but then they start building brand new studios on the FM. Well, it was the worst kept secret because Bob Bollinger 
and Tracy Johnson came to our place from Q106 where they had hired Jeff and Jer away from B100. Jeff and Jer started at Y95 with Hank. Then they went to B100. Tracy, uh, Tom Jeardrum, who was with us too, and Bollinger hired them away to Q106. Well, now the management team, Bob, Tracy, and Tom are at 100.7. Jeff and Jer's deal's coming up, and now we're getting brand new fucking studios. Well, what do you think that means? That these guys don't want to work in those shitty studios anymore. And Dave Smiley is like, uh, well, we're killing it. They're building me a new studio. And you're like, no, they're not. (laughs) But Tracy Johnson did something for Smiley that was unbelievable. And he said to him, Dave, we love you. You are great. We are not impacting your money. All we want you to do is be 10 to 2. And then Jagger and Chrissy are going to be 2 to 6. And we're going to have three great shows. Uh, Jeff and Jerry in the morning, into Smiley, into Jagger and Christy, into the new guy. Yep. And we're going to kill it all day. And Dave got his feelings hurt because Dave felt like he had done a lot to from all the... Yeah. Fuck. If you know where the fries is on... That's where Smiley works now. <laughs> it might be. When he's not driving for Uber Eats. No, he's been in <laughs> Indy for like a long time in Indianapolis. Dave Smiley put himself in this fucking like giant ice cube, like the David Blaine thing. Yeah. And was there for weeks raising money for charity. I was like, dipshit. You think he said that to HR as he was getting his final check? I was on ice. (laughs) Uh, Tracy told us. I'm I'm moving to Indianapolis. Fuck you guys. I'll be frown guy. Right. You assholes. But we had. And it was fun because my office was next to yeah. Jen Sewell, Rick Morton, yeah. all these guys. And it's when Jingle Ball started. Yeah. And all these different bands were coming in. Tracy told me an unbelievable story where uh, there used to be a, a publication called Radio and Records. Yeah. Bon Jovi had kind of tapered off a little bit. And Radio and Records... Um, the record company for Bon Jovi said to Tracy, hey, if you can give us a quote, and you'll see him from like authors, right? Michael Conley, best writer ever, says Lee Child. On the front of a book, if you'll give us a little blurb, it would mean a lot because we can put it on the front of Billboard and we'll put it on the front of Radio and Records. And we're trying to get John Bon Jovi back up and running. And Tracy said, yeah, I'll do it for for one reason. And they're like, what do you want? And this is in like February. Yeah. And Tracy said, I need him for Jingle Ball in December. And they go, done. Now, the song is It's My Life. Yeah. The album goes huge. Yep. Bon Jovi's back. Fucking Tracy, they don't just come out and say it. They did this whole thing to drug out for weeks. Where Christy was saying, like Mark was like, "Hey, who do you want? Who's your who? Who would be your dream get?" She's like, "God, let me think about it." Like it was brilliant, and she goes, "Well, Bon Jovi," and he's like, "Let me work on it," and she'd be like, "What's going on? Ah, I'm working on it. We've got Cherry Pop and Daddies or Bare Naked Ladies yeah. or all these other fucking bands that showed up." 
And then they did this big unveil and Bon Jovi was there and they raised a shitload of money for Becky's house and it was great. Yep. But the whole Mark and Christy, they'd been engaged. They dated in San Francisco and then they moved down here. Mark was pirate boy Jagger. Yep. Christy starts doing traffic. They do this whole thing. It was brilliantly produced again where people felt like they fell in love on the air and he engaged. If fuck. It's all done. War of yeah. the Roses, right? All of this happened in those hallways when we were there. Padre baseball was there, all those different things. And for me, Dave, again, to grow up with those two stations and be lucky enough to go there and work and have you and I launch this show there meant a lot to me. My belief is 760 lost their way when we lost the Padres. Yeah. When we lost the Padres to Kogo, even though we had Chargers, yeah. it wasn't the same. And that relationship fell apart because Lucchino had developed Channel 4. All the games were going to go to TV. Baseball became a beneficiary of the television medium, and radio became option two. Yep. But Larry still believed that KFMB should pay like it was option one. And our ownership said, no, we have the Aztecs and we have the Chargers and we'll be fine. And in my belief, I don't think so. Where I felt like the FM lost their way was Jeff and Jer were done again. And they wanted ownership, didn't want to continue to pay all the money. So if you remember, they branded to Jack FM. And That's it was right. just music all day and all this random shit. Random shit. Didn't know where it was going to go. Didn't know where it was going to go. Bob Bollinger had moved to Clear Channel. Yep. And what they did that I think is one of the all-time brilliant radio moves is they took all the branding and turned my 94.1 into Star 94.1, which it still is today. They took Joe Cipriano the legendary imaging voice from 100.7. Joe was out of a gig because uh, Jack used a different guy. So Bollinger said, you're the voice of Star 94.1. And they put Jeff and Jer on 94.1. And here's Laura and everything's Star. And the average radio listener was just like, oh, well, they used to be here on 100.7. Now we'll go find them on 94.1. And that, and that lost what I believe was the identity of the FM. And yeah. I talked to Frank Anthony about this the other day because I knew we were going to cover it tonight. And Frank, who knows that place better than anybody, said, yeah, I'd, I'd go with that timeline. So now what happened was the KFMB stations had been owned by a family. Elizabeth Kimmel yep. was running it. They sold the entire operation to a group called Tegna. For $350 million. And at that point, it was a big deal because we always liked being family owned. We yeah. thought that was cool. We were a family owned station. They treated us like family. It was great. And then, as Dave mentioned, Tegna is only about TV. They just want to be a TV operation, they don't want to be involved in radio. And so last week, when we got off the air, uh, we found out that KFMB. AM and FM had been sold for $5 million. That's crazy. Total. Yeah. That's it. I mean, that's 
Shit, it's pretty close to what Jeff and Jerry were probably making yeah. with Tommy and Laura and Randy at their time, $5 million. And what part of that deal is with Tegna is Tegna gets $5 million, but the call letters stay on Engineer Road. They were sold to LMA, who owns Z90, uh, Magic 92.5, and 91X. Yep. And so... KFM, BFM, San Diego's FM goes away. And 760 KFMB goes away. And I know it's a business deal, man, but you genuinely have no idea. I didn't give a fuck when we left 1090. I didn't give a fuck when we left 1360. Man, this this sucks. This sucks for me. I, I texted Ted and... Uh, and fuck, Dave, we were just so lucky to be a part of it. And now... The feeling is LMA, there's shit all over social yeah. media. None of it seems to be right. But I thought Scott Kaplan had an interesting note the other night, which is his belief is that LMA will keep the FM and will rebrand 100.7. Now, what that means to Chris Cantori or Rick Lawrence or Robin Roth or anybody else working there, I don't know. The feeling is it's 7.60 a.m., could be leased out to iHeart. Yeah. Which is what Scott had the other day, which makes a lot of sense. iHeart has been looking for a bigger signal for 1360. So you would move all those shows up to 760, but that would mean that... You, know, you could I hear know, them. You could, you could hear, hear them. them, but Mike Slater, Mark Larson, yeah. and, and really the one that hurts the most is my man Dave Sniff. My man Dave Sniff, who's the program director and has been there, you can see Dave on the field as a young kid in 84, uh, would probably be out of a gig. And and with all respect to the 1360 guys, well, sorry, man. I, I love all those guys. But that's that's not what KFNB ever was. KFNB was a family station that also lost its way when it tried to be a political station. We're kind of a, a very big, small town. And and when they went right-wing, political, they just never could hang with Kogo. And, but I just don't view, like, we're going we're gonna to do loose cannon talk in the afternoon on KFMB, and that's not a shot at any of those guys. I, I just, it doesn't belong there. Like, that's the thing to me. That That is iconic and... Yeah. San Diego more than any radio station. And I was saying the other day, I think the loss of KFMB right above the loss of Mighty 690. And then I, I would put 1090 right behind that. The loss of those three stations, man, that's a huge blow. And I didn't I didn't really work at 690, but I worked at 1090. That sucked when that went away. But KFMB going away, Dave, really, really bothers me. Yeah, no, I understand. At the same time, you see where you know broadcasting is going. Yeah. I mean, as as we're doing a podcast, and so many people are listening on in demand. The AM signal, especially, is one of those where I've, I said to you years ago, I said, "Man, if I owned an AM signal, I'd get rid of it." The way to yeah. go is FM, and uh, obviously, you look at ninety-seven-three and the success they're having on the FM side. And you're seeing sports radio stations on the FM side throughout the country that have done extremely well and gone that route. But um, it, it it stinks. It's kind of like, uh, as I said, kind of like the newspaper, unfortunately, mm -hmm. where the newspaper was a big deal. And now hardly anybody gets the newspaper to deliver to their house. It just doesn't. Yeah. 
doesn't happen it, it's it's changed I, i'm with you it's it, it's sad because you and i have a direct connection we know so many people that work there i was i was disappointed when when carlo chiquetto read the story on the news and he was saying you know we've made a transaction and it, it inside of our building and 760 kfmb and 100.7 have been sold and you know the good part is that there's going to be more parking available for the people on the tv side i thought it was cold as shit I he was, did not I, say that. that's what i thought he said <laughs> I believed you for a second, <laughs> you, you asshole. <laughs> Unfortunately, as Jeff said, there are people going to lose their jobs. Can you imagine Carlo dropped that line? I will say this. Yeah. I will say this. What I have heard, the 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 iHeart guys, the 1360 guys, are pretty confident that they're going to 760. Yeah. This is rumor has been going on for a while. Now, I like how Kaplan immediately puts himself into the, hey, I'm not sure where I am in the mix. Well, I, I hope you end up in the mix. <laughs> I just, I don't have any idea. But I will say this. What's really going to be fun to watch is the iHeart guys are going to make a big run at the Padre rights. And now all of a sudden, if they fall back on 760, you could have a situation where Padre games end up back there. How many how many years have they been on 97.3? These are usually five-year deals. That's what I'm asking you. Yeah, I think this is the third year. Third up. or fourth year. Oh, it might be fourth. Yeah, this may be year four, right? Yeah. That'd be very Because you had Rich Herrera doing it yeah. for a year. That'd and, be very interesting. And obviously, you don't wait till the contract runs out before you start negotiating. You start figuring out what's going well, on. That is That would be incredible if they went back to an AM signal. Because, and you go, why would you do that? It's a 50,000-watt stick at yep. night, and it is clear, and it shoots to San Francisco yeah. and Santa Barbara and all points in between. And you go, well, who do I need in San Francisco? That's not the point. You can't hear 97.3 everywhere. You surely can't hear 1360 everywhere. But that KFMB signal, it's directional. Think about a garden hose, right? You yep. may have the most powerful garden hose, but if you're shooting the water 20 feet away from your car, you're not going to get a very clean car, and it's the same thing. But I, I think it will be really, really interesting to see if iHeart ends up on 760 and they lease it I think they make a run at the Padres. I That'd really do. Else. And now, and for me, Dave, that would be kind of cool. I'm, I mean, you could hear the games everywhere. Yeah. That would be kind of cool. It'd be cool to hear Ted back on Ted 760. Ted on 760 again would be something else, wouldn't it? Um, I have very, very good news. Okay. We have a few guests coming up on twenty in 2020. Yeah. Working on a few of them. They're, they're coming in. I'm going to tell you right now, I asked Ted the other day, I go, I'd love to have you come here and hang out and do it. He goes, let me clear a couple things up. And he goes, I'd love to do it. Where he could just come here, unlike any other show, yep. with two guys that work with him uh, and just hang out long for him and tell the stories that you want to hear about his career uh, I think that's going to happen, and I think it's going to happen before spring training. Fantastic. And I couldn't be more thrilled about that. That'd be so, great. Then that'll only be – no, I mean, we'll put that out for yes. everybody. That would be uh, – that'd be that'd be really cool. You know, funny, you, you dropped something a second ago that I didn't even think about, but that Kaplan says, well, I don't know what that means for me, meaning of 760 uh, went back to, to sports. 
you know, here's the deal. Scott obviously is doing the podcast and he's doing mm-hmm. well. But if you look at the numbers that you mentioned, and there's nowhere to be, be the seen in that afternoon show. show, easily he should be the afternoon show. If you look at the numbers he had at 1090, yes, you'd be crazy not to sit around and, and hire the guy that was actually getting numbers. When and, and again, forget about the people and the connections. We know the guys who do the afternoon show on 1360; they're friends too. Yeah, but dude, when you're people aren't listening according to the ratings, you'd be crazy not to hire Scott, right? And he's got sponsorships built yep. in, the whole thing. He understands digital media. He's doing all the digital media. Yeah. No, I laughed that he immediately made it about him. Yeah. But I'm not dismissing the idea that he would be a fit in the afternoons yeah. there. I just like that he immediately didn't talk about, oh, wow, that's crazy. Hey, how does that impact me? And I, <laughs> and I like that. I liked it a lot. He beat me over the head. Here's my 97 favorite shows from 2019, and I'm going to tweet them out every five seconds. Here's show one, two, three, four. Okay, if you're caught up, here's show seven through 21. I'm like, God damn, slow down. But uh, all kidding aside, yes. And I think it gets, if they go there, once I get over the fact of, what I and, and KFMB hasn't been what they should have been for fucking 19 years. So yeah. now shit gets really, really interesting, right? Coach won again over Darren in the last book, but it was tighter it was than closer. it had been. But Coach wins. Um, Steve and Ben have a huge advantage over Mike and Judd. Um, the only guy winning is the herd. The herd's crushing Rome yes. from nine to noon, which is basically doesn't mean shit for for anybody. No, and then afternoons, Ello and and Tony killing are killing, killing the cannons. But now, what happens? Even if you kept everything intact, what happens if you move extra to seven sixty, where you can hear them everywhere? Yeah. Does does it change? I mean, I got to figure some of those numbers tighten up a little bit right yeah they would tighten up they, they would tighten up if you again if you go through your scenario where they got the padres and you hired kaplan and you change the afternoons and then you win with the connection from kaplan straight to padre baseball right boy, it's a whole different game really really interesting yeah. so but yes that was it um lma despite what you may have seen on social media hashtag source the feeling in the building is that all of those people are getting blown out. The people in the building are saying we're all getting fired. Yes. I keep getting text messages from people saying we're getting fired. Yes, and you know it. Anybody yep. who's worked in radio, you know when you're dead. We knew we were dead at the end of 2008, and we knew that iHeart was going to wait until the day Barack Obama got sworn in And we all said they're going to fuck us on this day because they're going to blow out 2,000 people across the country and nobody's going to notice because the story's Barack Obama and it's exactly what happened. Yep. You know when you're dead. And they all, unfortunately, are saying we're dead. They know it. Hashtag real source. I remember when uh, we were out at, at 760 back in 2002 yeah, and we we're doing the night show, and it was you, it was me, it was Alan Horton, and I said Brian to you, Heap, and Brian Heap. But at the time, it was you, me, and Alan were the guys who were left. No, and, Brian Wilson. Brian Wilson, that's right. Brian was our guy, but Alan already took off. Alan already quit. 
Um, I shouldn't do it. I said to you first, this guy Allen's a quitter. Yeah, um, you can see it in his eyes. But I said to you, man, I have a feeling we're getting blown out. And yeah. we just won, like, show of the year. Too. Yeah. But we didn't sign the petition to break the union. Right. And I remember you turned to, to Wilson and through the glass. Can you believe this paranoid fuck thinks we're about to get fired? And yeah. And then, like, two days later, you call me at one in the afternoon. Hey, dude, we got to go down in the station. We just got a call. Yeah, we and I knew then we yeah. were dead. Yeah, because when they never asked us coming at one in the no, afternoon, they didn't, ever, they didn't want us there ever. There, it was like it was everything was bad. But I was like, "Fuck, yeah, it's, it's weird." As you said in radio, you kind of just get a weird feeling before it happens. Um, it was wild the other day because I put a thing on my Facebook just saying, "Like I'm really glad I was there. Yeah. I'm really glad that I was there for seven years and had a chance to live it." With a lot of those people that were iconic. I, I never knew Bill Balance, but I worked with so many people that had worked with Bill. And the funniest goddamn story was from a guy named John Dean, who he and I worked on Ted's show together. And John had worked on Bill's show, and Bill's show ran from 7 to midnight. And Bill had this big cart, like a mail cart, full of tapes and carts and sound bites and everything else. And it was basically a big cart full of like eight track tapes is yeah. what it looked like. Yeah. And Bill with his hairpiece and glasses, John Dean was running the board for Mac and Joe. And it's about six forty-five in the morning. And all of a sudden Bill is pushing this mail cart down the hall. And Deaner said to him, Billo, what are you doing? Showtime, baby. <laughs> and uh, Diener said, uh, Bill, it's 6.45 in the morning. And he said, Bill didn't say shit. Just spun the mail cart around and walked out. <laughs> Went home. Went Came back home. in 12 hours. <laughs> didn't say shit. That's it. Showtime. And no, it's not. You got 12 hours to go. Who was our money guy? Uh, Ray Lucia. No, no, the money guy that used oh, to do the report. Stop. Yeah, that's Bill Holland. I was thinking about you doing the Bill Holland. <laughs> but we did it when we had it at the start. It was Ray Lucia. Yeah. Who fucking another great dude. Yeah. We um, but Ian, and it was just John Kalia and getting to know John Kalia. Yeah. Fucking Mike Tuck. I just uh, might be the best relationship we had. Overall, Mike, like, like getting to know Mike and the way yeah. he would talk to us and the way he brought us in. And God, man, what a good guy. Like, I would never have guessed after all the years of watching him in San Diego and L.A. that we'd be friends with Mike Tuck. No, because he was. I mean, I just I was telling Dave, I just heard this story like two weeks ago that when he was 48 and uh, Kyle Richards from Real Housewives yeah. was 24, <laughs> she was engaged to Mike. In L.A. And then she she said it on the Andy Cohen show. Yeah. And that it fell apart with Mike and she married the guy that she's been with for 22 years. Yeah. But Andy Cohen said, were you engaged to a, a news guy in L.A.? And she's like, yeah, Michael Tuck. I go, what the fuck? <laughs> he was. So, again, I get here in 81. I'm a kid. Channel 8, it's Allison Ross, it's Ted, yeah. Clark Anthony doing weather, and Mike Tuck. Yeah. 
And then at 6.30, it was Lauren, John Kalia, and but Tuck was the man. Then he goes to Channel 10. And the shit that I remember, Dave, I don't know if you were even here for this or any of that, but when it was a big deal, Channel 10 gave Mike a lot of money to go. And I remember asking him about this. He would do these commentaries every night called Perspective. And it was him with his sleeves rolled up. And he'd be yelling, <laughs> can't have this. And like you were like, God damn, Michael Tuck is pissed. <laughs> and uh, but there was this whole deal, man, that he got really into it with Bill Collender and John Duffy. Bill Collender was the police chief. Yeah. John Duffy was the longtime sheriff. And he was calling them out. And they were fucking pissed. And I remember talking to Mike about it later on. He goes, fuck, man, they'd follow me home. There was all kinds of shit going on. Wow. So then Mike, I'm telling Mike stories. I don't yeah. give a shit because I'm not sure. We've heard that Mike is sick, and I don't know. I hope I hope he's doing great. He, um, he rode dirt bikes for a long time, and he injured himself. And But Mike left Channel 10 to go to Channel 2 in Los Angeles. And he went there. The guys that were doing Channel 2 at that time were Jim Lampley, who had moved from Channel 2 Sports to News, yeah. and Jim was married to Bree Walker. Yep. And they were doing it, but they were not winning, and so Mike got brought in to work. So I said to Tuck, I go, what was that like? He goes, well, it wasn't that goddamn easy going to work every night having to walk over Lampley's carcass. <laughs> go, Jesus Christ. Calm down. Calm down. But Tuck looked like Michael Buffer. Yes. And he said they met each other at the Playboy Mansion. Yes. And hit it off so well that Mike Tuck and Mike Buffer were roommates for years. Yes. But the thing that Tuck loved... Obviously, well, 24-year-old chicks, Yes, clearly. But he loved the NFL, and he loved the NFL draft. Sure did. He was and, great. And one of our favorite things that he would do all the time would be to meet us at UCSD, and we would hang out and watch Charger practice. Yeah. And bullshit and laugh, and he just, he could not have been a nicer guy. He just could not have been a nicer guy and yes, Dave, I would agree with you. John Kalia to me, who I'm friends with today on yeah. Facebook, is Ted. Like if I had to put a top five together for those guys, uh, Ted would be in that group. Mike Tuck would be in that group. John Kalia would be in that group. Um, Hank would yeah. be in that group from just guys that I really genuinely had a blast with. And and then I don't know. I mean, Himmel or Stacy Taylor, or any of those guys that were so awesome. But yeah, man, Mike Tuck was incredibly cool to he us was. and would come on all the time. And like I said, I'm not I'm not sure how he's feeling. I hope he's doing good. He's been kind of off the radar for a while, yeah. but uh just one of the coolest guys and a big part of our time there. Absolutely. All right, I want to talk about uh, a little bit of sports before I get into uh how old are they and how much are they worth. All right. Cuz I just want to touch on this real quick because the, the NFL playoffs begin this weekend. We won't have a show till after the playoffs. So I want to get, get your, your opinion on these four games, all right? Your prediction. Saturday, 
is uh, they've done this a little bit different, actually. They used to be, remember, one AFC yes. game, one NFC game? Now they're AFC and then yes. NFC. You like it? I do. I think it's fair as yeah. far as enough time to prepare for the next weekend. Yeah, not bad, right? So the AFC plays on Saturday, NFC plays on Sunday. We'll just go in order. We'll go Bills and Texans, the games in Houston. Uh, Who do you like? Well, I think I'm like a lot of people where you go, hey, you know what? This is great. Let's get some fresh blood in. And that'll be the time that I run out and do anything I need to do. Well, I guess I know when I'm going to Costco. Um, Bills and Texans. I'll take the Texans. I'm going game. Texans. Well, just for yeah. because they have Watson, right? Yeah. You go the the quarterback that always yeah. seems to pull it out. JJ Watt's going to try to play. Uh, exactly. JJ Watt will try and play. Uh, Titans. But cool to have the Bills in there, right? It is cool. I, as yeah. much as people love to, you know, talk about the Bills going to four straight Super Bowls, which is a fucking nightmare. Can uh, yeah. I? As a Dodger fan, I understand it's not the same thing. The Bills are different. It, it, the Bills are. You and I have talked about that fan base. Yeah. And that city and what the Bills mean to the people that live there. Great fan base. Um, but Bills, Texans, I'm with you. I'm going Texans. Tennessee at New England. New England uh, is playing week one. It doesn't happen. You look at Mike Rabel going back. How to, great is that? That's kind of kind of cool and, and everything else. I'll go first on this one. Yeah. I, I still got to go Patriots. Still Patriots at home. That game could be in Tennessee. I'm still going Patriots. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because... What I would be concerned about, Dave, as a Titans fan, you're a Titans fan, I'd be concerned is the moment, is the stage too big? If if Rabel and the Titans were playing the Bills or Houston, would it be a different thing? Yeah. But going across student against teacher, yeah. your former teammate who you know so much about, really responsible for the Super Bowl rings you own, Mike Vrabel, do you outthink yourself? Or are you able to just coach it? I'm sure he'll say a million times if he hasn't already. It's just another game. But it's not. No. It's a stadium that you know better than anyone. Yeah. It's on a field that you know better than anyone. How do you how do you keep the emotion out of it and just coach the game? Yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated by that game. I really am. Because I, I think talent-wise, Tennessee has more talent. Player for they player. They probably do. They, they, I, yeah. I, I think they absolutely do. It, it's as you said, though, it's student against teacher. I mean, and it's it's, it's like Nick Saban has never lost to one of his former coaches. Yeah. This is a, an interesting situation to me, and I'm kind of curious to know if uh, Rabel plays this thing out because he scored three touchdowns in Super Bowls. Yeah, he's a linebacker that they put in on yeah. the offense side, and he scored three touchdowns. If if he pulls out some kind of play that they used to use for him in New England and saying. Hey, that guy right there you never expected would throw the ball to in a, in, a, in a red zone situation. Guess what? It's the same fucking play used to run for me. Well, I made a comment about in student-teacher situations, the teacher always wins until Vera sent me a message and pointed it out. And she said, uh, don't forget about Brandy Love movies. The student wins there. And I go, God damn, you're right. You're goddamn right. So... But Brandy Love's not involved in this game, so no. I'll take the Patriots. <laughs> the ratings would be higher if she was. Yeah. Moving on to Sunday, yeah, your Vikings visiting the Saints. Uh, the Vikes are going to get smoked in that game. Jesus. And the question is, what does that mean to Mike Zimmer? Yeah. Because Mike Zimmer calls the plays. I thought the Athletic today, Chad Graff, had a really interesting column um, about the Vikings and how Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer 
are both signed through the 2020 season. But the problem is if you're the Will family, you're looking at a team that has consistently been good, not great. And they have had their opportunities, right? The Minneapolis miracle. Yeah. But then you get crushed by Philadelphia and you don't go. And now you're looking at a situation where they were so bad against Green Bay a couple of weeks ago that now, like we talked about here last night at your party, Dave, I mean, you're looking at to get to the Super Bowl, you'd have to beat New Orleans on the road. Then you'd probably have to face Green Bay. And then if you get by Green Bay, you'd have to face San Francisco. Yeah. And then if you get by them, you're facing the Ravens. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. for what? 13 and three teams on the road. Right. Yeah. And I, uh, the offensive coordinator for the Vikes is a guy named Kevin Stefanoski. And he is being talked about for a lot of different jobs that could open up or should open up. And the question is, will the Vikes say goodbye to Mike Zimmer if they get beat? Now, I know the, the Will family likes him a lot, but is is the goal to be good or is the goal to be great? And you wonder, is Mike Zimmer Del Harris? Wow. And do, do you think, now I don't look at Stefanoski and say, well, he's our Phil Jackson, but we've seen it where you have really good teams and you just, you don't, you need to be able to go further. And Zimmer hasn't been able to get him to the Super Bowl. I think they get run off the field um, because I just think that Saints team remembers what happened yeah. and they're going to be home. Uh, and now you got one year left to Kirk Cousins. I mean, Dalvin Cook could be a big difference. I love the defense, but there's changes coming to the Vikes for sure. A lot of free agents on that defensive side of the ball. So I'll take uh, I'll take New Orleans in that game, and it wouldn't shock me if it's a final like 35-14. And I'm not saying that as just a Viking fan. Yeah. I just... They're good. They're not great. And and that Saints seems pretty goddamn pretty good. Pretty damn good. Pretty damn good, especially at home. All right, finally, uh, Seattle's at Philadelphia. Seattle's favored by a point and a half in this game. And for me, I'm easily taking Russell Wilson in Seattle. Yeah. The Eagles, right? They yep. just don't feel like that no. Super Bowl team from a couple of years ago. No, not at all. Uh, yeah. So I'll many take... injuries. Nobody to throw the ball to. Yeah, I, uh, I agree with you. So that means probably it'll be uh, Philadelphia and the Vikes moving on, and yep. then it'll probably be the Titans and uh, and the Bills moving on. All right, wait, one other question for you. This is just something that popped in my mind because you mentioned last night we had, a, we had a New Year's Eve party that mm -hmm. we were at. You brought your sons, which was awesome. My wife loves your kids and yeah, doesn't get to great. see them very often and just grabbed them both by the head and kissed them. And, and so <laughs> I'm great. sure they, like, at 12 years old, like, get the fuck off. No, never, never. They, <laughs> they, they were so excited to come down and, and be a part of it. And then the fun thing for us was Ray Mysterio lives a couple blocks yeah. away. My sons are WWE guys, so to figure out where Ray Mysterio lives, it was a blast. Cool. Man. No, they had a great time, and Good. they love your wife. Oh, that that's awesome. So here's here's my question because I've never uh -huh. obviously we don't have twins, but I, twins fascinate me. Uh huh. Because I mean, as you learn something, they learn something. Right. You know what I'm saying? To have someone that you're basically grow up with, it's one thing to have your best friend that lives down the street. Yeah. You still you go to a separate house at the end of the day. Yeah, you guys. I mean, they're they're with each other all the time. Your boys, obviously, you're with them all the time. They're with each uh -huh. other all the time. If those two weren't brothers, let's say oh. one lived, uh, they both went to the same school, but yet they lived, they didn't live in the same house. Yeah, would those two guys be friends? Like, do they have enough in common? You go, yeah, those guys would find each other and they would be friends. Uh, that is that is a great question. I just thought I've about honestly it. Honestly, never I, I, thought I was thinking of. about it because you know you when you look at them, you try and say, okay, well, what makes them different? Their personalities. 
Yeah, they they look, they're siblings, so they go through it. Um I'm thinking about that and I'm thinking about Josh and Jake. Like yeah. the same thing. Um I've thought about that with my kids a bunch of I times. I think they would be friends. I don't think they'd be best yeah. friends. Yeah. That's funny. Like I think they would I think they'd be friends. Um but like today they do my one son and I have had a blast. He, I never really played PS4. Like I had a yeah. PS3 and a PS2 through the years, but we never really played. But he and I have had so much fun because we built this San Diego team for the NBA. Yeah. And we built this team. We built the arena, right? We did all this shit. And it's been super fun. And so... God, we made so many goddamn trades. We got, <laughs> and the owner hates us, and the coach hates us, and we. You have this option where you can bring guys in, like bring Dave Pally in, and you can either pep talk him, or you could just kick him right in the balls. And we just kick every guy right in the balls because we think it's so funny. And so today, we, our team, just right in the middle of the season, we just fired the coach. For no other reason that we just wanted to fire him. <laughs> and so it said, you know, fire him with class or fire yeah. him bluntly. And we're like, oh, he fuck him. He's out. And the guy is just like, you know why this team's playing bad? You suck. You're awful. You're the worst. Get the hell out of here. And the guy's like, the coach tells you back, I don't know when, but I'm going to pay you back. And we're dying laughing. We think it's great. But his brother has no interest in that. Like his yeah. brother will kind of casually look up and be like, hey, what's going on with the team? Who do we have? What? <laughs> Who went? Gone. Because his brother likes Call of Duty or yeah. Modern Warfare. But his brother and I have been watching The Office on Netflix. And he cannot get enough of Dwight and Michael Scott. Cannot. And it kills me. Yeah. Because that show was on when I was dating his mom. And she had no interest in it because she's a goddamn... She doesn't get it. <laughs> you know, I've never seen it. Are you kidding Dude, me? Dude, I haven't seen one episode of The Office. Dude, there's so much shit in there that is yeah. so fucking funny. <laughs> and uh, Michael Scott, Steve Carell, yeah. is the boss. And you know, the guys, right? Yeah. Uh, John, because whatever that guy's name is, is Jim. And Michael Scott, dude, is like, 95% of the program directors we've had where he's so fucking inept at managing anything. And they had a situation where Jim's a salesman. Uh, Michael Scott's the office manager and Michael Scott fucks something up that cost Jim a big sale. And he goes, uh, Hey Michael, you really screwed me big time to which he says, that's what she said. And, <laughs> No, the guy wants to fucking beat the shit out of yeah, him. Yeah, of course. But, dude, it's like he drops that one joke yeah. 10,000 times yeah. through the show. And it's always inappropriate. Yeah. It's always to, like, a woman. Ricky Gervais started that show, and they brought it to the States. But my son and I are goddamn dying laughing, right? That's yeah. what she said. Not now! And so, but my son Jack doesn't really pay attention to that. So... That's really funny, man. I have sincerely, I've never thought about that. But then we went 
today we went out to a park and we were hanging out. They were running around, just goofing around, yeah. playing. Now, I don't know. It may have just been that they only knew each other yeah. at the park and were hanging. But I don't know. We, we just say to them, and we have this conversation all the time. I just say, look, at the time when we found out there were two of you, your mom cried in the doctor's office because she was like, how are we going to do this, the whole thing? But I said, I'm just so glad that changed really quick when we started taking them to the park because they always had a buddy to play with. Yeah. And the thing that I hate more than anything, I mean, there's a bunch of things you hate, but you hate the idea of your kid being alone. You yeah. hate the idea of him eating lunch by himself or, or going to school or doing whatever. And that's why I said to him, I go, that's the coolest thing, man, is you'll never be alone. And so... Not um, my guess would be they'd be friends, but I don't think they'd be best friends. That's funny. It's funny. I, I used to ask Josh that question all the time, especially after Jake passed about um, would you guys be friends? And he says, "Dude, Jake would be the guy that whenever there was a party or not a not something like at school, we had to be serious because mm -hmm. fuck, we're calling that guy. That right. guy always nerds. Made, yeah, that's the guy that makes things fun. That's the guy you hang out with that makes everyone start laughing. Hundred percent, you're inviting that guy now. Yeah." Am I hanging out with that guy when there's fucking uh, you know a science project due and you have to pick a partner? <laughs> Fuck no, I'm not hanging out with that guy. But the guy that's going to make me laugh and I'm going to have a good time on the weekends, I'm hanging out with that guy. But I can tell you sincerely, if I'm in high school with those two yeah. guys, I'm absolutely friends with both of them. Yeah. Like they may not necessarily, but I'm like, oh yeah, I'm friends with that guy and I'm friends with that guy. <laughs> and you go, God, that's really funny. Like think about your kids... Would you be friends? You know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. What's and, funny and, is I would be friends with both of my kids, but I here I'll even go up one. I would never have been friends with my dad. Like, really? I, yeah, fuck no, dude. I I know my dad and his friends. They were dipshits. That's funny. I yeah. I'm sure I would have been friends with my dad. I don't think I would have been friends with my dad at all. My brother would probably wear me out. <laughs> he wears me out now. <laughs> But the great thing about my brother, my dad and his friends, the one thing that I always find funny to me yeah. is when the, the time when you got your driver's license, he said yeah. none of his friends really had money for a good car. Oh, shit. So they would like go to uh, Dodge Dart. Yeah, they, yeah, they'd go to like a dump and they'd get like a car that barely ran and they all did. They were like $50 cars. Right. And they would drive those fuckers like they were, um, what, what, what's the cars that crashed into each other? What the fuck oh, yeah. are they called? Oh, uh, yeah, Demolition Derby. Yeah, like Demolition Derby. So they'd pull into the parking lot and just fucking ram into each <laughs> other. And until one guy's car just stopped running, they have to go get another one. Oh, and they God. hit each other all the time and just thought it was funny as shit. Drive-ins, all that shit. That they would just drive their cars into each other until the guy's car stopped running go get another $50 car. See, Lou. Bumper cars. That was yeah. what I was trying to think. They oh, drive them go. like bumper, bumper cars. cars all the yeah. time. People would freak out. Goddamn. When I knew your dad. And I was with him. Yeah. I would always laugh. I yeah, he was always the, funny as shit. Yeah, I love the water stories. I love the slow clap stories. Yeah, he'd wear me the fuck yeah. out, though. <laughs> God damn it. Yes. Um, your mom is great. I have no doubt that your mom yeah. would have been a lot of fun. I bet your mom. Yeah. See, that's the thing about your mom. Like. I bet she, we know her as yeah. your mom. She's yeah. just great. Yeah. I bet she was a lot of fun in high school. You know, I uh, it's funny. I called her today because I felt like I had to call her today. Yeah, check in. Well, today is the two-year anniversary of my dad dying. Oh, shit. So, yes. uh, I even thought, so oh, my God. It, yeah, it, was nice. during, it was during the Rose Bowl. I remember right. watching the Rose Bowl with Jake. 
which is so weird to think about. I'm watching the Rose Bowl with Jake, and the phone rang, and it was in was in the, the other room. I could hear it ringing, and it's like, I'm talking to Jake. He has my time now. I'm not going to go get the phone. Yeah. And then it rang again, and I was like, oh, fuck. And then Josh said, hey, it's your mom. Yeah, I can see it. And so I was like, well, that's not good. She called two times in a row, and then that yeah. was the news. Fuck. So I was like, fuck, I really didn't want to call her today. But I knew I, yeah, better, I better check in. Josh said he talked to her yesterday and said she didn't sound good. So uh, she, was in, she was in a great mood. Cool. You know, my my sister took her out for for brunch and she had a good time. And thank God that conversation went good, man, because I was didn't know how that thing was going to go. But it was uh, it just to know what what was what was going to happen. Here here's uh, I'll, I'll tell you everything. It's kind of crazy to me. So my sister, I didn't talk to to her today, but my, I said to my mother about her day and what she's doing, and she said your sister is going to a party today with her new boyfriend. Mm-hmm. but her ex-husband's going to be at this party. Oh, boy. And my sister and her ex-husband don't talk. They don't have a good relationship at all. There's okay. a lot of animosity there. Yeah. And so the lady said to my sister, hey, just so you know, I invited you know your ex-husband to this party. Are you okay with it? And she asked her boyfriend, he goes, I'm, I'm fine with it. And I said to my mom, I said, this is the worst day possible to right. – have this this thing go down because my ex brother in law was there. He was there through all the bad part. You know, he right. he was actually out of town. He was at Turks and Caicos and flew all the way back just oh, be, for the for this whole thing. Anyway, I said to my mom, I said, look, if that was me, and the the day we're on, and she brings this guy in, and I'm already pissed at her already, I'm punching that guy right in the fucking face. Oh shit! And she goes, well, that's crazy. And I go, no, I go, I'm telling you, today's not a good day for her to show to that party. Now I haven't heard anything bad that happened, but I was like, "This isn't the the day to to bring the new boyfriend in with the ex husband, especially when they don't see each other." Yeah, I just thought it was weird to be invited to the same Damn. party. I would not, I would not go if I was no, there. no. That's wow. Yeah. God damn, that's so weird. That was two years ago. Yeah. Two years ago today. Yeah, for you too, it was a major yeah. event. Shit, man. Yeah. I was thinking about it last night. Yeah. I was thinking about it in the backyard because I'm yeah. in the backyard. We're bullshitting right there. And I'm yeah. like, that's where that picture is with me and Jake. Yeah. When I got home. My son, he's like, I'm waiting for you. And then the next day, everything fell everything apart. Everything went to shit. Yeah. yeah. Everything went God to shit. God damn. Well, yeah. Kind of nuts. When uh, I got to tell you, when you guys left the house to go look for uh, Ray Mysterio's house, I look over as I'm talking in the backyard and my dog's eating a whole plate of nachos. And oh, I'm like, shit. <laughs> I've never seen a dog eat nachos. <laughs> I mean, it was from your, your Jack. Kid. Yeah, Jack left his nachos on the table. My dog's just chomping away eating the nachos. Thank God he didn't get the jalapenos. Jesus. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, before we get to, uh, to how old are they and how much are they worth on this January 1st, want to mention all the guys that helped this show go. Yes. Again, uh, very thankful to guys like Alan Taylor and Taylor May Pools. Taylor May Pools, look, the weather is starting to warm up already. Today was just a beautiful day. It's going to continue to get nicer, as everybody knows. More than 20 years of San Diego of building the perfect pools. Alan Taylor is your guy to build the perfect pool. Make sure you give Alan a call, 619-449-4452, 619-449-4452. We're a family that likes counting things down. Yeah. And so as we kind of wrap up today, we're like, shit, like because – their birthday is November 2nd, which comes right after Halloween, right before Thanksgiving, right before Christmas, New Year's. And so today I'm like, well, goddamn, <laughs> what do we count down to now? Like we've been covered yeah. for 
the last two months. What are we doing now? My one son's like, Easter? I'm like, no, God damn it. <laughs> five months away. Yeah, dude, you but, ask a question and yell at them. Yeah, I'm like, you got to be better than that. But the one thing that we figured out today yeah. is while they got to go back to school, I got to go back to work. David just mentioned it. Yeah. Starting now, every day starts to get a little bit longer. And and the sun stays out a little bit. Before you know it, I mean, we were out last night on our way over here. It was 7.30 at night, pitch blackout. And I said, God, it won't be long, man. 7.30 at night, you'll be rolling. But you mentioned it with tailor-made pools. We used to love night swimming. Yeah. We used to love going out at the pool and turning the heater up and having that opportunity to hang out the end of the day, just whatever. Yeah. But even more fun is in the summer when the sun stays out till 7.45, 8 o'clock, and you can just squeeze every ounce out of every day. And if you love that, you go, well, yeah, I'd love to have a pool. Man, what a perfect time right now to call Alan and the guys at TaylorMade Pool. Figure it out. Take a look at that 3D technology. Find the one that's going to be perfect for your backyard and let them get rolling. And yep. Before you know it, man, March, April... When the weather warms up even more, the sun's staying out even later, God, you're going to have the benefit of a tailor-made pool, and you'll never look back. Absolutely. Also, Dan Williams, again, <laughs> Dan Williams is, is, is a great guy, and right now he's doing something special for the Dave and Jeff listeners. Here's the deal. January 15th is around the corner. Dan's going to help you out. He's offering a great deal just for our Dave and Jeff listeners. Right now, if you contact Dan, I'll give you the number first, 858-688-6813. It's 858-688-6813. As the new year has now started and a lot of people have their New Year's resolutions, how am I going to get out of debt? How am I going to commit to making a purchase to buy a home? How am I going to make things happen? Well, guess what Dan is going to do? He's going to run your complete credit report for you. He's also going to put out a debt elimination strategy. That's all going to be for free, but you need to call Dan before January 15th. This is normally a $195 expense. Again, it is for free. If you're a Dave and Jeff listener, make sure you give Dan a call, 858-688-6813. All right. I mentioned last time I was here that I was curious because I have two credit cards. I have a Chase card. That it probably, I would think tonight, it's probably a $300 balance. Okay, great. Give or take 50 bucks. No, it, no way it's more than 500 I'm just saying it's low. Yeah. And then I have a Capital One card that's probably $500 balance. Okay. Again, nothing too major. But the Capital One, I get dollars. They yeah. reward you with cash. The Chase card, I get miles from... United. So the question that I asked on the last show was, hey, would it make sense for me to make my purchases on the Chase card, get the miles, higher interest on that Chase card, and then pay off the Chase card quickly with the Capital One? So I get the miles, but now when I get rid of that balance, use the Capital One because now I'm going to get the cash. And I said, I don't know. It's just something I thought about. Would it work? Dan Williams, I'm asking you. Well, that just opens up the barn doors. Here comes Derek. Hey, how to earn money and lose it all. I didn't say that. <laughs> what the fuck did I say that? I pointed out. I'll point out said, again. Borrow smart, repay stupid. Yes. Like, 
I go, I literally am deferring to Dan because I don't know. I'm not telling you to do it. I honestly said, hey, I'm just curious. Could I double dip? Could you double dip? Yeah. Dan Williams gave me the perfect answer, and this should be why all of you are calling that number tonight, 858-688-6813 to set it up. He said, the concern you have to be aware of is that Capital One may charge you like it's a cash advance. They're going to look at that and say, well, you're not paying Target or you're not buying uh, a new bed. Yeah. You're paying off a credit card and you may end up paying additional fees if they treat it like a cash advance. I absolutely would have never thought of that. That's why I said I'm not doing it. It's why I said last week on the show, I have no idea if we should do it. Yeah. Know what you don't know. Yes. Now, our great friend Christy Lozier is here last night. She goes, just fucking do it. My dad used to do it. How he travels all over the world. Don't live life scared. Just go for it. I'm like, well, what the fuck am I going to do next month when I owe $2,500 in cash advance fees? And I go, no. I go, I'll take advice for you on a million things, but I'm deferring to my guy, Dan Williams. I didn't tell any of you to do it. I said, I'm curious. Could we do it? Yes. Then Dan said, I wouldn't mess with it. It's why tomorrow I'll pay off the Chase card from my bank account. Yes. <clears throat> pay it off and be done with it. But that's why. It's that kind of advice. When you go, what do you think of Jeff? Financially sound. Credit is high. Yes. But even I had questions, and Dan answered them in a quick, efficient manner. Exactly right. Derek, you asshole. <laughs> uh, but I would have, Dave, I honestly, I never would have thought, oh, my gosh, they could hit me for a cash advance fee, which they, you go, yeah, hey, man, that's what you're that doing. It. Right. That's why. And so having, I think now's the time. Right, we all had fun last week or the last couple of weeks with Christmas presents. And if you use those different cards, how do you get out of trouble? And oh, guess what else is due today? The mortgage. Yeah. And your insurance and property taxes are coming up and April 15th will be here and all that other shit you have to pay after celebrating last week, right? By buying everything you bought for your wife and your mistress. Well, Dan's going <laughs> to what? <laughs> It's a joke, wink, wink. Um, but Dan's going to help you. And that running that credit, the debt elimination, all of it's so important. 858-688-6813. Absolutely. All right, here's the funny thing about housing and, and the real estate market right now. So many people will tell you, now's a great time to sell. Now's a great time to buy. Well, which yeah. one fucking is it? Right. What are we doing here? Because this is really important. This is a lot of money we're talking about. Brian Kerr is your guy. You need to call Brian. Brian is an expert in this. He's familiar with San Diego. He's familiar with the real estate market, what direction it's going. If you have questions, if you're in the market to sell or buy a house, Brian Curry is the guy you need to talk to today. His number is 619-251-1588. 619-251-1588. Well, I mentioned the fact that last night I was here in Eastlake, and I've talked in the past about some really cool parts. Mission Hills I love. Yeah. Right? Coronado's great. <clears throat> Anywhere in Encinitas, Carlsbad, nope. I was told last night uh, that if we're smart, we look to Eastlake. That'd be cool. Well, it'd be cool. Yeah, it'd make it a lot easier. 
But then I was told, we don't need to mess around with this street because anybody can come here. Wouldn't it be great if we lived in the gated community yeah. next door Yeah, and my sons could become friends with Rey Mysterio? Perfect. And they said, well, you know what, Dad? You should have Brian Curry take a look and see what houses are for sale. I go, okay, you understand. Like, these are probably a dual-income property. Rey Mysterio is probably making six figures. He's making good money. He's been here for about 10 years when the market yeah. was different. None of that mattered. Oh, okay. Well, Brian will help yeah. you. I go, great. You understand you're with me two nights a week. <laughs> I'm like, God, you know you what? You tell him Rey Mysterio's kid also lives here, and he's now he fights, too? Oh, yeah. He's no, bringing money in, too? They already, they already pointed that out. <laughs> well, Dominic grew up there. We could probably be buddies over there. Like, that'd be great. We could just hang out. We could go yeah. to Rey Mysterio's New Year's Eve party. There you go. I go, what about Dave's party? <laughs> oh, yeah, we go there, too. <laughs> and they fucking fired your ass in a second. That's fine. You were done. You were goddamn uh, Bill Callahan. <laughs> we don't need you coming back. So, yeah, if you want to live, uh, if you want to live. Or <laughs> the Baylor quarterback just went down. If you oh, if you want to live in Eastlake, live next to Ray Mysterio. The guy who can get you there is Brian Curry. Brian Curry is your. And guy. I better start playing that fucking Powerball because that's the only way. <laughs> your kids have no idea. How no, they're like money and be great. credit reports work. Yeah, they think they're going to be over there playing ping pong in cornhole with Ray Mysterio. <laughs> no, well, I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing, giving plasma every six hours, trying to make my mortgage. <laughs> Finally, want to mention Kyle Fluger. Kyle Fluger is doing a great job with the website business. If you have a business right now that needs to grow, you need to fix your website, Kyle Fluger is your guy. I'm, I recommend you call him as soon as possible. Right now, he is so busy, and it really, his business has taken off. Can't be more proud of the way he has established to make this business grow. Kyle Fluger is number 619-500-6621, 619-500-6621. Well, I was incredibly excited last week to launch MILFSWithTanLines.com. <laughs> Um, and my good friend, Tim Griffin, Stanford graduate, one of my favorite guys, one of the smartest guys I know, he said, listen, I think I got even a better one for us. And I said, let me hear it. And we're very proud to announce that coming in the third quarter of 2020, MILFSWithoutKids.com. <laughs> and I love that one. My man Griff hit the home run right out of the park. <laughs> MILFSWithoutKids.com. Yes. And you go, well, I like that. I'm not sure how it works. Yeah, that works. But the but the emphasis is no kids. A MILFSWithoutKids.com, courtesy of my friend Tim Griffin. So we'll launch that in about uh, third quarter of 2020. Kyle Fluger will be our webmaster. Nobody better. Yes. Uh, babes would say yes.com. <laughs> babes on probation.com. <laughs> MILFSWithTanLines.com. And our, our newest edition, MILFSWithNoKids.com. I love it. That's a good one. I'm excited about that one. Absolutely. All right. So here's the deal with these uh, birthdays today. I have six of them, but there are okay. only two on January 1st. I, I, I jumped into the second because we're uh, we're short on January 1st. We're going to start off, though, with January 1st. Okay. Vern Troyer. Mini yeah, me. Dead. He's dead. I know he's dead. I got it. How old would he be? Oh. And how much was he worth? Uh, Vern Troyer would have been 54? 51. By the way, people last night kept saying, how is Jeff so fucking good at this? Uh, yeah. You nailed three out of four the other day. The other day. I don't look anything up. No, I know you don't. Uh, a 51. Vern Troyer, 7 million? 3 million. Ah, shit. 
<laughs> Although any of us with yeah. us with three million, we'd be like, yeah. that'd be great. We feel sad. Morris Chestnut, Ricky from Boys in the Hood. God dang, Morris Chestnut. Um, fifty-four. Fifty. Really? Fifty years old. Okay, and he's. Oh, he had a few of those movies and shows. I'm gonna say sixteen million. Eight million. No, oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I went to a Laker game and he sat behind me, so oh. maybe that's a good good sign that uh, it's eight million. It sounds like discrimination to me, and I wish you wouldn't celebrate it. <laughs> Anthony Anderson was behind me, too. He's oh, me. that's funny. What do they have in common? <laughs> They're both actors. Oh, that's true. January 2nd, we'll move on. Here's uh, one of my least favorite people. Dax Shepard. Dax Shepard? No didn't, he date, didn't he date Mosher? He, I think he dated Mosher, too. Yeah. Mosher putting out the picture of her and George Clooney is one so of my favorites. Today. It made my day. Um, Dax Shepard, I'm going to say, is... 48. 44. Damn, I'm really not doing these guys <laughs> any favors. Uh, 22 million. 12 million. All right. Okay. Cuba Gooding Jr. Oh, shit. Another boys in the hood guy. Cuba Gooding Jr. 52? 51. 51. And not worth as much as I thought. 8 million. 15. All right. Okay. This, this guy makes me laugh because he's friends with everybody on Twitter. Yes. Ty Diggs. Ty Diggs, my buddy. <laughs> Love Ty Diggs. Yeah, I don't get that move. Yeah. That's got to be somebody running his social media. That's not his friend. Right? Yeah, his friends with, I mean, he's friends with you, right? He's yeah. friends with me. Lisa Ann actually ha- knows him really well. Like, she, her and I were yeah, talking I about it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like depressing when we say that, but yes. Uh, 53? 48. Is that it? Yeah, Shit. 48 for Ty Diggs. How much is he worth? 12 million? 16. Do you believe Ty Diggs is more money than Cuba Gooding Jr.? That doesn't seem to make sense. Yeah, because Cuba got in some trouble. You and, and I saw Cuba at the Ducks uh, yes. game seven. Yes. Much, much smaller guy than I thought he'd be. Yeah. Um, and he's kind of been in some trouble of late. I love Cuba Gooding. So damn funny. All right. How much is uh, Ty Diggs worth? Oh, didn't we. Uh, no, I said uh, twelve million. Sixteen, pretty close. Yeah, no, you had you okay. already gave it. So uh, here we go. Last one, Kate Bosworth. Kate, oh, uh, Kate Bosworth, forty-four. <laughs> Damn, you're an asshole. Thirty-six. You know what's funny, Dave? Yeah, I was gonna say thirty-six or like thirty-seven. Yeah, when was did that young. movie Blue Crush come out? Fuck. I feel like that movie came out like 20 years ago. Oh, that's funny. I'll look it up. That's funny as hell. All right. Yeah, she's 36. How much do you think she's worth? God, I don't feel like she's done. Like, has she worked that consistently? She has a, a lot of money. $12 million? Uh Blue Crush came out in 2002. All right. So that's okay. 18 years ago. Yeah. You can see my 44 guess. Isn't that crazy? Yep. Um. Uh, yeah. What did I say? Twelve million. Okay, twenty-four million. Damn. Yeah. See, that seems wild to me that she'd have that much money. Yeah. How she have more than Tay Diggs? Girl, I don't know. Hot girl. So it, it always works out. Um, we will be back here. I'm trying to think if there's anything else going on. Anything else, baseball wise? It's Nothing. been it's been real quiet. I expect things to heat up. I thought the Lindor thing would be done by now. Yeah, if it was going to so happen. Too. I will say this. I'm glad you brought up. You said baseball. 
I think your twins would have made a great move getting Rich Hill. Um, he, he, he's, Three million. It, it, God dang, man. I'm telling you, he's the one guy I told you I wanted the Dodgers to bring back. Ryu could go, but Hill, man, is, is, is to me, just a great pitcher to have. Throws people off all the time. Doesn't throw real hard. Yeah. Can't hit for shit, so it's great he's in the American League. Right. And uh, I think he's going to help your twins out a lot. He's exactly the kind of guy that I think keeps the Yankees off balance in the playoffs. It's, uh, it's a timing trade uh, deal, too, where you go, man, that would have been good for the Padres. Yeah. But he's dealing with the forearm strain. So they give him $3 million. He can make up to 10 with incentives, but he's not – probably going to be ready until July. Yeah. And if you're the Padres, you're saying, well, by July, we should have Gore, Patino, or both, right? Yeah. Uh, Jim Bowden today, that's what I was going to bring up, in The Athletic, had his predictions for 2020, month by month, everything that was going to happen in 2020. Oh, cool. What do you have? In May of 2020, he said the Padres will fire Jace Tingler when they're 12 games behind. <laughs> <laughs> In May. In May. Said the Padres will be 12 games behind and they'll fire Jay Stingler. And he said they'll bring Bruce Bochy out of retirement wow. and make the playoffs for the first time since 2010. Dude, I like that. That would be awesome. Like, I was going to send yeah. that out. I'm yeah. like, God, I, I can't. Yeah. Uh, the And then the one for you that you'll like is he said that the Dodgers uh, will sign Mookie Betts to a $370 million contract in October and bring him to L.A. I'd love to see Mookie Put him Betts. with Bellinger. I'd love to see And they um, said Betts. they're going to open like a liquor store. He had some weird you know, someone wrote, B&B liquor. Someone wrote, I can't remember the guy's name. I know he's verified on Twitter and he's a baseball writer. Howard, um, God dang it, I can't think of his name. Um, anyway, he wrote yesterday on Twitter about Andrew Friedman changing – um, the complexion of the Dodgers. And he goes, you're damn right they have. When he joined the team, there were five black guys, now there are none. And I always think in sports, when you look at color for any athlete, man, you're looking at sports the wrong way. But at the same time, I'm like, is that a big enough thing that you think about? I mean, the Dodgers are winning, so do you criticize them and say, wait a second, anyone that um, wasn't a black guy they've gotten rid of, or saying they keep on winning, so you justify the moves? Or as a sports fan, I know you, all you care about is winning. All I care about is winning, and at the same time... But I remember you questioning the Padres when they did that. I I, I did. I think I talked about the Padres, and I talked about... All their... and, and the Twins. I talked about oh, your Twins, twins at definitely. one time, too. Yeah. But then at the same time, I, I think... Because, I, man, I love watching the history of baseball, especially this time of year. If you turn on an MLB network, it's always different teams and the Pittsburgh Pirates and... and a bad I, look it's it, it's a bad look but also i don't i don't know how many young black kids are chasing baseball whereas okay. but, the, where football and basketball seem to be even hockey it, it, it seems more but no. as i coach travel ball i don't coach against a, a lot of black players no, it's, but, a, it's a shame it shows you though the sport is an appetizing i think to everybody but when you have a member of your organization in a yeah. leadership role that inherited a team with, uh, if yeah. those numbers are right, with five yeah. African-American players, and now you're down to zero, it's a bad look. Yeah. I think I have, it's funny, now I'm even thinking about it, even in high school, I don't have one African-American kid that's even tried out for my team the last in five years. I know I have, next year I have a kid coming out of middle yeah. school that's outstanding, but otherwise, we not even a tryout. Not like they don't make the team, yeah. nobody tries out. Um. Again, you'd have to look at each team and player by player and yeah. whatever. But 
with the diversity of the Padre team by going out the international market and spending, right? I mean, yeah. look at now. I mean, really, you could have Mejia catching, Machado yeah. at third, Tatis at short, Profar at second, uh, Hosmer at first. You could have Tommy Pham. Yeah. You could have Grisham and Margot, right? Yep. And your one guy would be Hosmer. Yeah. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. It was Howard Cole is the one who wrote it. Howard, Howard, Howard Cole wrote it. Um, but but you look at that and you go, yeah, I just, I mean, I, I look at that, Dave, and if you go, if the team south of you yeah. potentially could put an everyday lineup out where there's eight minority players and yeah. you don't have one, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not accusing yeah. him of anything. I'm just saying it's a bad look. It is a bad look, and especially you know when you look at the Dodgers and and Jackie Robinson and the history, right. it, it is it's a it's a bad look. Magic yep. as part owner, yep. But again, I just man, I I just feel like if you start making accusations like that, yep. Um, boy, before you do that, uh, before I would do that, I'd want to make sure I had all my ducks in a row. Yeah, it's it's, it's but it's, it's scary. It, it shows you that people are watching. Yep. and paying attention. But I yeah, I mean the Twins have been a team that did that for a long time. The uh the Wolves had a ton for a while. Like their whole bench was white. I wonder they're winning 11 games a year. <laughs> in in basketball, everyone always uh, accuses the Celtics. Utah and the Celtics. Yeah. You know, the Jazz and yeah. Celtics. I don't know, but that was uh, Jim Bowden's prediction yeah. for May of 2020. Jace is out in May. Yeah, 12 games back. They Damn. fire him, bring Boach in, and make the playoffs for the first time since 2010. Wow. Wow. There you go. Nice upbeat note. It didn't the, make me laugh. There you go. All right. That was a, good, that was a long podcast. That was, that was an hour 40. Jesus. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm so screwed up on the days, so we will be back here Monday night. Okay. Monday night. Note your calendar. So thank you to all of you. Happy New Year. Thank you for supporting the podcast on social media and everything else. Sincere thank you to Dan, to Brian, to Al, to Amy, to Kyle for what they do to keep this show up and running. Happy New Year, Dave. I'll see you Monday. All right, bud.